0: Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. I found it harder to pay attention in class, because... It's the position that I found myself in. It's similar to if you try to work while you're laying on a couch, or if you're laying in bed while you're working. The idea is is that it's difficult because because I I wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just in a position that is not conducive to learning, right? So I actually had to force myself to sit up in the chair, and even though it wasn't my natural or most comfortable position, I learned something there, and that is this, And that is that even though it wasn't my natural position, that changing my posture really made all of the difference. In my learning, I started to pay attention more. I was able to stay awake in class because I was seated in the right position. The same thing is true for us in worship our posture, the way that we come to worship, the way that we come to a place of when I want to experience the presence of God, when I come to the time when I'm going to read my Bible, when I come to a time of prayer, when I come to a time of worship, either personally or at church, the way we position ourselves makes all the difference. Now, what are we talking about here? It's really about expectations. We're boiling all of that, what I just said, down into the idea of expectations. Anywhere we go, in any relationship, in any place, expectations will dictate our perspective. If I, if I come home from work and I'm already frustrated from my day and I walk in the door and I have expectations that things are going to be a certain way in my house and when I get home, if those expectations aren't met, my perspective of what's going on in my house is not going to be accurate. And the same thing is true with my relationship with my wife or at work, or anywhere. Expectations dictate our perspective. And our hearts, our minds, our attitudes, so many other things shape how we experience worship. Let me say that again. This is what we're talking about, the expectations, okay? And what goes into those? Our hearts, our minds, our attitudes, and so many other things shape how we experience worship. And they will ultimately define the quality of the connection That we're trying to make with God. If I come to church, if I come in my own personal time of prayer or trying to connect with God, if my expectations, if my mind, if my heart, if my posture of worship, if you will, aren't in the right place, then my connection that I'm trying to get with him is going to be weak. The quality of my expectation, the quality of that connection is not going to be what I'm looking for. And so what I want to do is I want to read through Psalm 92 one last time today. And I want to search for a couple clues to help us understand what our posture should be when we approach the concept of worship. So if you have your Bibles, turn to chapter or Psalm chapter 92. It's in the Old Testament. And I encourage you, by the way, read Psalms as regularly as you can. They are so honest. They're honest prayers, honest poems, honest songs that identify on so many levels with us in our everyday lives. In Psalm 92, he says this in verse one it is good to give thanks to the Lord to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening. Oh, here's a clue, verse three. I don't know how I knew that. It's bold. (laughs) Accompanied by a 10-stringed instrument, a harp, and the melody of a lyre. Verse four, you thrill me, Lord, with all that you have done for me, exclamation point. I sing for joy because of what you have done. O oh Lord, what great works you do and how deep are your thoughts. Only a simpleton would not know and only a fool would not understand this. Though the wicked sprout like weeds and evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, O oh Lord, will be exalted forever. Your enemies, Lord, will surely perish. All evildoers will be scattered. But you have made me as strong as a wild ox. You have anointed me with the finest oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the defeat of my wicked opponents, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house and they will flourish in the courts of our God. And even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare the Lord is just. He is my rock and there is no evil in him. What do we see in Psalm 92 about the posture of worship? and expectancy. One thing is we see a man who definitely knows why we worship and the power of worship. Those were the last two weeks. We've seen that. But we also see a man who has spent years learning that how you come, that how we come, how we approach worship is what really matters the most. And so our big idea today, we're starting the entire message around this central concept today. If you're taking notes, write this down is that the posture of worship should always be expectancy. The posture of worship should always be expectancy. We see it all throughout scripture. How many of you have ever heard of you reap what you sow? Five of you. (laughs) You reap what you sow. We will get out of something what we will put into something. Our expectations about worship will dictate what we get out of worship. If we want a meaningful connection with God, and we talk about that here all the time, if we want a meaningful connection with our creator and we want his power to tangibly affect our lives and our circumstances, like we talked about last week, then the way that we approach worship is of critical importance. It has to start from a place of expectancy. What do I mean by that? I mean that when I come to church on a Sunday morning, I'm coming with the expectation that I'm going to meet with the living God. When I open my Bible to read it, I'm going to expect that God will speak to me. It's an expectation that we have to have, the posture of it. And just like I said in in my high school time, when I was slouched down, I was not in the correct posture to actually receive the information that my teacher was trying to deliver to me. The same thing is true in our worship. The posture of worship should always be expectancy. So what does an expectant posture mean? Of worship involve. I have two quick thoughts today. Two quick thoughts about what I think this passage of scripture says to us about the posture of worship, an expectant posture of worship. The first is this. In verse three, we see the clue. It says, "accompanied by a ten-stringed instrument, a harp, and the melody of a lyre." An expectant posture of worship involves my body. Now, for some of us in the room, you're already thinking, "What is he talking about? Does that mean he's going to ask me to clap my hands every Sunday?" That's not what I'm saying. But it does involve our bodies. When we see in that passage of scripture right here, he's talking about playing a musical instrument. It requires his hands, it requires his body. To to engage in an instrument involves him worshiping with something more than his voice or more than his heart. He was engaging with his hands, with his body. You know, when I go to a concert, or many of us go to concerts, in fact, this year is gonna be the year of all years for concerts, apparently. And uh, I'm going to several of them. I've been to a lot of concerts in my life. I I enjoy sporting events. I know most of us from Pittsburgh enjoy going to hockey games or football games or or, uh, baseball games, and a, a small fraction of us enjoy soccer games. It's good to be the pastor, by the way. I get to dictate the sports that our church is involved in. But um, when we go to these things, when we go to these events, we don't really have any problem clapping our hands after a song, right? Right? Most of us don 't have any any issue with cheering when we when we see a touchdown score. There a particularly incredible reception uh, by Antonio Brown. You know We laugh at comedy shows. you know we have no problem cheering at the at, at, at what 's happening when we go to concerts and we 're involved in the song we 're bobbing our heads back and forth we 'll put our, our hands up in the air. All of that stuff is normal and natural and it's considered to be acceptable in those types of situations. But why is it that when we come to church, and we sing songs to the God who sings things that are way greater than any message that our favorite rock bands or rap artists could ever talk about. When, we, when, when God does a miracle on display that is greater than any touchdown or 15-yard you know, rushing attempt, why is it that when we come to church that we our bodies are locked in a position of, of rigidity? Why does that happen? And what I'm saying here today is not about mimicking I believe that what scripture teaches us is that when we engage in worship, an expectant posture of worship is about willingness, not mimicking. I don't want a single person in this room to do what the person next to them is doing. But what I do want is for us to loosen our bodies to the place of where we are willing to go to whatever lengths God calls us to, whatever we feel like doing. For some of us in the room, it's simply bobbing your head back and forth. Like it might be moving to the beat just in your chair. But for some of you, it might be like maybe you see me down on the, in the front when I worship. I, I, I decided long ago that if I'm going to go to a concert and I'm going to be willing to put my hands up in the air like I do because that's how I am, I'm going to do that for Jesus too because he's worth that. But I would say, but for some of you, you don't go to, you're like, but well, Jared, I don't go to concerts and I don't throw up my rock fist. okay. Well, that's fine, but most of us at least do have some form of, form of bodily you know, movement. And for, for, for I will say this, that your voice is part of your body as well. So use it. Sing. We're not talking about mimicking. We're talking about willingness involving my full being in worship. David constantly was talking about using his body, his hands. He was on his knees. He was jumping. He was dancing. He was clapping. He was playing instruments. David used his body in worship all throughout the scriptures, and we see that. But it begins with an expectation. We do not experience God in some otherworldly plane. No, we experience him here on earth with our physical bodies. Does it not make sense that we would want to involve God in the thing that he created us for? He even says that the trees wave their hands in worship, that the mountains cry out. Those are all physical expressions of worship. So when we come to God, we experience the presence of God in a deeper and a more meaningful way when we let go and we engage God. With our full being. And here's what I would say to you to kind of cap this piece off about worshiping God, expectant posture with our bodies. It is this be yourself always, but let go of yourself to meet with God. If, if you are your own barrier, if you are not willing to give God what you give elsewhere, then that's a heart problem. You understand? It's a place of, God, I want to be willing to to give you everything. And we have to create a culture of expectancy here where it is free for anyone to say, I'm going to worship God the way that is comfortable, the way that God wired me to. We need to worship God expectantly with our bodies. And the second area is with my heart. I love this. In verse 4, he says, you thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. Thrill. That's not like it was okay. It was, it was mediocre. It was a three-star restaurant. No, like if this is a Yelp review, it's a five-star account of how he met with God. You thrill me. Like I talk about the Muse concert I went to three years ago. It was so good. That's a thrill, right? When I come out of a movie theater or a roller coaster, it's a thrill, and I tell people about it. David is saying that what God has done in my life, he spends time in His presence on such a regular basis, that he thr- he's thrilled, like it wells up deep within him. And I would say this about us is we have, to, we have to come to a place where our heart is ready. God, I want to meet with you when I worship you. I want you to change my circumstances. I want you to change my friends' lives. I want my life, I want to feel better, and all of that happens in the presence of God, but if our heart isn't ready, I will miss what's available in worship. We have to remind ourselves of why we worship. We have to allow our hearts to be thrilled by God. You know, we said last week that when we worship, we are creating space for God to tangibly affect us. But from a perspective of expectation, let me just say this to you. If we come to church with walls built around our hearts, No amount of singing, no amount of clapping, no amount of dancing, no amount of anything is going to help us to reach the presence of God. It's all about our heart and our willingness, our expectation that we will meet with the living God when we come to him. All of our worship must come from an honest heart. It has to come from an honest place. And sometimes you might come to his presence and not feel thrilled. Sometimes you might come into his place, into his presence with frustration, disillusionment, discouragement, anger. And those are all okay because when you come to the honest place, you know what I've seen all throughout scripture is God says, I do not desire your sacrifice. I desire your heart. And we see it over and over and over again in worship. And in, in, in a moment, I'm going to give a couple scriptures for you to read. on if you're interested in learning more about the heart behind worship, it is not about mimicking. It's certainly not about raising your hands or kneeling on the floor. It's not about any of those things. If your heart isn't in the right place. All of our worship must come from an honest heart before God. And when we come to meet him, whether it's at church or at home, with an honest heart, God promises to meet us right where we're at and right where we need him the most. That's the beauty of it. David has met with God enough that he knows that he gets thrilled in the presence of God because the presence of God is always transformative. I might come into the presence of God frustrated, disillusioned, discouraged, anger, and all of those things, but I will leave a changed person. That's the promise of God every time. But we have to come with an expectancy that God can change us and change our circumstances. We must come to an expectant posture of worship where you say, I'm gonna allow you to have my body because you're what matters, not what I feel. And I'm gonna give you my heart because I know that when I give you my deepest, most inmost part, when I come to that place, that's when he can transform me and I become who he wants me to be. I live the way he designed me to live. The posture of worship should always be expectancy. I wanna encourage all of us here today. I wanna challenge every one of you here today to come to church with an expectancy to meet God. Everything we do here is centered around the idea of encountering God in real life. In real life means not just at church. That means when I'm at work, when I'm on the parkway. That means when I'm at a restaurant. That means when I'm at a rock concert. That means when I'm laying in my bed at night, wherever I am. If we have an expectancy though, an expectation, we can meet with God in incredible ways. And so what I said, encountering God in real life, that's an expectation. So when I wake up in the morning, I expect that I can experience God in my morning. And then I take that with me all throughout the day. If we become expected people, if we come to church, if we just expect that God is going to interact with us or desires that on a regular basis, then we will find God in so many areas of our lives we never thought he would be. We'll find God in the kitchen while I'm making dinner. We'll find God while I'm playing video games. We'll find God wants to be present in the room and interact with us when I'm having a, a friend over for, for coffee, when I'm out at the coffee shop, when I'm working on a spreadsheet, whatever it is, when, I'm paying you, when we're paying our bills. God is present and he is there whether, whether we connect with him is based on our expectations. So when we create a posture of worship, a posture of expectancy in every area of our faith, what's going to end up happening is is that our journey of faith will become a vibrant walk with a friend. Instead of of just this Bible that's a bunch of words and a book that I have to learn, it now becomes becomes a conversation, a two-way street. And that's really what we're trying to do here. We want every person to walk in the door who, whatever their background is, wherever they come from, to at least be able to walk out of this church and saying that church at least, I don't know if I agree with them, but I at least know that they believe that they think God is real, alive, and that they can know him personally every day. Now for me, that's incredibly attractive. I want something that is way bigger and better than everything that the world offers me. That's why I'm here. And if we become that Those kind of people, I believe that we'll worship with everything we have on Sunday mornings, but we'll worship with everything we have while we're driving to work, before we go to bed. We'll be thinking about God on a regular basis. We'll see him working. We'll tell other people about it. They'll be invited. They'll want what we have because it will transform us. It will change us. So this whole series has been standing ovation. It's been about giving God what he deserves. It becomes about an expectation when we give him what he deserves, what happens is is that God then gives us what we don't deserve. Grace and goodness and forgiveness and love and mercy and healing and restoration and power. It's wonderful. It's incredible. What are some next steps? How can we take this along with us today? You know, an encounter, we want to experience God. We want to explore faith and we want to express publicly. So How can we experience the posture of expectancy? The first thing I would say is we need to ready our hearts and our minds, our hearts and our bodies for worship. When we come to worship, whether you're at home or here, ready your heart and your body for worship. Be prepared to come into that place. How can we explore more about the posture of expectancy? If you're interested in the bodily side of it, Psalm 119 verses 120 Psalm 95 verse 6 and Psalm 149 verse 3 all of them talk about using your hands, your feet, your body to worship, using engaging your physical being. But if you're interested in learning more about the heart side of worship, Isaiah 29:13 and Deuteronomy 29:18, they talk about the heart behind worship. I encourage you to look at those, meditate on those scriptures. And finally, how can we express a posture of expectancy in worship? I would challenge you to willingly expand your physical postures in worship. For some of us, that means, you know what, taking a moment to sit in our chairs reflectively while others are standing. For some of us, that means let's, let's stand while others are sitting. For some of us, it means I want to kneel down next to my bed while I'm worshiping and while I'm praying, or I'm going to find a space in my office and close the door. For some of us, it's dancing, it's engaging in in an excitement. For some of us, it's using your hands. The Bible talks about, I lift my hands in worship to you, in surrender to you. For some of us, it's things just, I'm just going to do what I do at a concert at church, whatever it is. The point is not to mimic other people. It's a willingness to bear ourselves before God. And I would challenge you, if you want to, to go deeper in your worship, I encourage you to stretch yourself by including your body in your worship. Let's, let's all stand together and pray together. <clears throat> Father, thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you have given us so many different models to meet with you, to worship you. I pray that you will help us, every one of us in this room right now to, to have a desire to create a posture of expectancy in worship. Every time a song is sang for worship, would we engage with an expectant heart? Would we engage with an expectant body that we would be willing to open our hearts, willing to use our hands and our feet and our bodies and our minds and our our whole being, every part of us? Would you reach to the depths of our souls? And would you come out of our fingertips? Let us just... Unleash ourselves for you. Thank you for this series about worship. I believe that it has, it has been challenging. I believe it's been inspiring. God, let us take it take this with us throughout the year. Let us give you worship for who you are. Let us find connection with you, God. I pray that as we worship you with a deep with a with a heart, with our sense of our spirit being connected to you, that you will change our hearts, that you will change our circumstances, and that we will come with a place of expectancy. We thank you for what you're doing in this church and in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close our service now by worshiping one more time with our voices and give you a chance to express this with with your hands and with your with your body, with your mouth, but also with your with your finances. We believe that when we put God first in our giving, in our in our finances, that God promises to take care of us. This is for For those who are a part of our family, our church family, want to give you an opportunity to worship God with your finances, we position it that way intentionally. And it's not an asking, but instead it's God, I'm giving to you because you deserve. So our service host can go ahead and come forward and the basket's going to come around in a moment. If you're a new guest today, uh, please take that connection card with you directly to the Connection Center to get your free gift. We want to meet you. Everybody else, you can drop that connection card in the basket. If you prepared a gift today, you can uh, just go ahead and drop that in the basket as it comes by in a second, but you can also give online at encountergiving.com. Again, this is for our church family. For those of us who say Encounter is our home, we are invested in what God is doing here. We thank you for your giving. And when you do give, it allows us to be able to create spaces for God to move in our lives everywhere. We're grateful for that. So we're going to sing one last song together and the basket's going to come around and then I will close in just a moment. But let's give God everything. Let's move into this final moment now with an expectancy to meet the living God. Let's sing together. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.